and welcome to a very much post-photography show backing <laughs> paper with two poorly sick hosts. Hurrah! <laughs> um, I'm here full of cold and joining me is the ever lovely, if slightly sick, Rach. Rach, how are you? <laughs> also very full of cold or something. I proper came down with the, sh- the shivers and the shakes and everything just literally this afternoon as a, a kind of i think my body's finally gone oh oh you 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 sort of stopped <laughs> you sort of stopped after the photography show and this mental couple of weeks and um so here have this present <laughs> uh, so yeah so uh, we were trying to make sure that we could get recording in order to get an early night and it's as as always not quite happened like that but never mind well maybe half an hour earlier than usual yeah we're doing better than usual we're doing better than usual backing paper always takes so much time to put together because of all that stuff together so but we're getting there um but anyway, Rachel, it's, it's lovely to be able to actually have, you know, a quiet, civilised conversation in, in a quiet arena. <laughs> oof, when, when last we were together, it was all a bit noisy everywhere, wasn't it? It really was. Yes, you're right. It's uh, it's nice to actually have a little catch up because it's always the way with these, these things. Um, actually having time to sit down and talk um it doesn't really happen like you get a chance to sort of go oh hi and um and bye and you know a couple of little um co- you know sort of comments in between and things but actually getting a chance to have a longer a longer conversation doesn't really happen it's you know it's just part of the course really with these sorts of events but it was so lovely to see so many people there and um you did a fantastic honestly you did such a fantastic job of like keeping everybody um going you know that's that's quite a large undertaking that I don't think people always necessarily realize what you know what you have to do to try and get these things working so I'm ever so pleased that you managed to do that I'm very sorry that I couldn't kind of like be part of the analog um mega meetup as obviously uh, I was originally intending to uh but things with the with the stand sort of uh ended up really sort of taking over so uh busy busy with work sort of side of things as well unfortunately um as much as i would like it to be a holiday and it was it was really really enjoyable too um it was also that i had to be there on my store be present and and deliver something so you know that was great too yeah because we didn't really get much chance to um talk on mm. air at least about how things went with your um stand because um you got invited to go and be there, didn't you, by the photography <laughs> show? Uh, and they gave you a stand. It was a nice, you in a good spot as well, weren't you, Rach? Yeah, it was lovely. I was, I was um, very. I mean, I was like completely overwhelmed actually by w- when I arrived and saw the space. I was completely blown away. I was not expecting it to be a space like that actually at all. Um, I had, I'd actually got in touch with the photography show and um, said huh, um, we run this thing called Sunny 16 Podcast, blah, 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 and explained all about all about us, hence trying to get hold of, originally getting hold of the discount code for our listeners, which hopefully some of them took advantage of, which would be lovely. Um, and as part of that conversation, obviously I talked about what, what I tend to do um, in terms of little vintage photography and obviously said, oh, I've seen that you're doing a women who photo um sort of female uh, photographer focused uh campaign this year at at the photography show um it also happens to be anna atkins 
220th birthday on the opening day of the photography show this year and she was one of the photographic pioneers and is a woman and you know etc etc so they went this sounds like lots of fun um we'd really like you to you know be involved and to deliver something and then it was um you know a couple of months of sort of right backwards and forwards trying to work out how to how to make it work practically you know for me to actually deliver a demo so yeah we finally came to the conclusion that it would be lovely to have um practical demonstration of the cyanotype process so anna atkins was you know she's she's quite often regarded as the first female photographer um it's controversial that because she never used a camera um but in terms of very literally the word photography is drawing with light is obviously what that means um she very much did that you know she used light sensitive chemistry to create a photographic impression so i think i think we can get away with that um so yeah so with it being her um a very significant birthday and with it being on the opening day of the photography show they said oh it'd be lovely if you could do sort of pop-up demonstration um and i also then got in touch with rose teamby from the rps because she works as a photographic historian and i'd seen her last year actually at the national portrait gallery i'd gone down to london as like my little day out my little holiday um sort of like day trip research thing to the victorian giants exhibition i think i mentioned that probably at the time um it was a fabulous exhibition really enjoyed that um seeing work of lots of um pioneers photographic pioneers and as part of that rose was delivering a talk so that's why i met her had a little chat with her afterwards um and we kind of just stayed in touch on twitter and what have you so when i had the okay from the photography show to say yes we'd like you to do this i thought i'll get in touch with her and see if she'd like to come along and deliver um the sort of presentation side so she um she very kindly put together like a 10 minute sort of condensed it down you know it was very much like this is 200 years of <laughs> photography let's just condense this down into 10 minutes <laughs> that's not difficult at all um and uh, and deliver that as a sort of presentation the idea being that we would do it as a sort of loop so we'd have Anna's work um, shown, which um, came from the digitized version that the um, New York Public Library has created this fantastic um, version online uh, where they've digitized loads of loads of her images. Um, and we could perhaps put that in the show notes if we are able to. That would be really nice. People could go and have a look at that. Um, it's a way of you seeing all these fantastic fantastic beautiful blue um you know blue pieces of of work that she created and um i thought it would be nice to have that on screen like on a loop or as part of the presentation that rose is delivering and then to be like this is 170 years ago these were made and these i made now <laughs> um and sort of take that on to delivering then the practical demonstration and showing how you know how i use that particular alternative process now and obviously lots of people do use the cyanotype process, um, but there's equally a lot of people who've never heard of it um, or might have gone, oh, I think I've vaguely seen something or remember something from school or college or what have you. So it was a really diverse group of people, actually, who I was speaking to during the course of the photography show. So all day Saturday, I was delivering uh, some workshops at the photography show, obviously, and um, the amazing uh, Leah 
uh, Leah Elm came along to help assist, which was wonderful. She's done some um, assisting work for me in the past, and I literally couldn't have done uh, Saturday without her because she was just wonderful. I I love how I I basically turn around to Leah and say, "Can you do these crazy things?" And she just goes, "Yep, no problem," and goes off and makes it happen. And it's just wonderful to have somebody like that who I can rely on. So, a massive shout out to uh, Leah Elm. She's um, on Twitter as at all about Ella and on Instagram hang on she's I think Leah Elm yeah Leah Elm photography um absolutely you know lovely lovely person very um active in positive in the film photography community anyway and uh, does some fabulous work herself she's also very interested in the uh, alternative processes and cyanotype work is something that she does quite a lot of so uh, yeah it was brilliant to have her there then it was wonderful to see so many of our awesome listeners there as well and um I also just want to apologize if I didn't get a chance to even say hello to you and uh, even if I got a chance to say hello and didn't really have a chance to talk um I really do mean this like I really appreciate that it's um it's quite scary you know doing this kind of thing quite daunting and um nerve-wracking but it was just awesome when I when I got there and saw the lovely space that they'd given over to us delivering these demonstrations um and uh just sort of like seeing kind of what was around directly around me it was so many people came and said it was lovely to see that full variety you know um as opposed to it just being digital they're really enthusiastic about seeing um obviously there was myself there was um solar can around the corner there was ilford sort of you know up and round to the left so i think we all were kind of like signposting each other um as analog you know um providers if you like in whatever way um and uh, and so it's lovely to be able to have conversations with people and go ah if you're interested in this you'll probably be interested in these guys too and you just go around the corner or over there and, and check them out too so um that was lovely to be able to do it was um it was an intense day and uh and what have you but I wouldn't change it at all like it was just brilliant and I just I hope I get to do it again because that was wonderful um like I said some fantastic co- little conversations with people uh and sorry if I didn't get time to really talk to you properly hopefully um uh, hopefully you still enjoyed it and um yeah I was there obviously on Saturday all day Sunday I came back um and just sort of like had a little chat obviously we were there recording on Sunday weren't we Graham as well um and then uh I I I actually ended up uh sort of changing my train tickets and things because I was up in Liverpool delivering Electra on the Monday so I could go back on the Tuesday and I I went back on the Tuesday and was there all day again on Tuesday which was wonderful that was the student day of course on the Tuesday um so it was it was again a slightly different audience um and lots of lots of interest again in in analog in general and um and lots of people going oh i've i've tried this out at college or what have you but um i didn't quite understand it or what have you so it's been it was lovely to kind of share that really with people yeah no it was great it was lovely to see how much interest and then just engagement there was with what you were doing and, and with your stand even when you weren't doing the demonstrations people were coming up on wanting to see what was going up going on there i mean even when we on the sunday just called by to literally just drop off our coats yeah. <laughs> and go we were stuck there for nearly an hour talking to people who just came past and wanted to learn more yeah. about what was why you were there and what was happening um i, was, I talked it, quite a lot 
<laughs> and you well. do talk quite yeah. a lot. Yeah, like, but that's great. And um, yeah, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say. Um, obviously, we left some sort of information sheets and and things out, but um, we'll put a couple of links to obviously the um, d- the digitized version of Anna's work and and to Rose's website and things too. So we can we can have those uh, hopefully in show notes so people can check that out even afterwards. Yes, and we will also, we did record um, Rose's 10-minute talk uh, when we were there on the Saturday. Again, <laughs> it was a very noisy environment, and <laughs> Rose is not the loudest of people. Um, but we will tag that on the end of this recording, so you can mm-hmm. hear that. Uh, uh, that was well worth listening to, and it was really nice to see everybody there from our group um, there thoroughly engaged with what was going on. So that was lovely. Again, um, it's lessons learned, isn't it? You know, and things that we just weren't expecting this year that we can hopefully improve on for next year. And and actually, one of my favourite things was seeing how that exhibition, because it was um the idea was that it will be a pop it will be a pop up demonstration and a growing exhibition during the photography show. And I really did feel like it did that, and it was lovely sort of seeing at the end of Tuesday how how big it had grown like the whole wall was kind of covered in all these various um um you know prints um cyanotype prints that we'd made during that time and and it was um yeah it, it was just lovely to sort of like see how people were interacting with those as well like come up and touch them and hold them and stuff you know i think that's a really important part of analog photography yeah absolutely absolutely well rach we should probably crack on with email because we we have got a backlog because we missed the week um (laughs) because well by the time i got home last sunday i was a spent force um and been talking far too much so um we will get on with these uh do you want to take this first one rach or or, from um barnaby nut has has (laughs) an ominous ominous heading it does. So the, um, I guess the subject line was agree with aid, exclamation mark. Um, okay, it says, hi, just a quick note to say that I enjoyed last week's guestless chat and found myself agreeing with aid regarding wanting to take better pictures rather than being disappointed through experimentation and the non-performance of shoddy old cameras. Time and money are precious. And so the idea of throwing away a role, developing costs, etc., and an afternoon of shooting and having nothing to show for it is something that I can't really afford. These resources are precious and you may call me tight, but I choose to spend them carefully. Uh, but hey, we all want different things from this pastime of ours. So if that's what bakes your cake, that's fine with me. It's all driving more film use and putting cash into the industry. Cheers from Ian. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's- I very- certainly agree with that. I think, you know, it's um, a yeah. very, I mean, very valid point. I do, I mean, I'm. I'm- we're still going to keep doing things the way we do them, yeah. right? Right? Doing the <laughs> oh, exact. Yeah. Don't worry. I mean, for me personally, it's always that's my get out of jail free cause. It's like, oh well, the pictures would have been great, but unfortunately, the camera tracked them, and um, <laughs> now we'll never know. So I, I like to rely on that one. Um, also, there's been a bit too much agreeing with aid lately, uh, especially following on from last week's um, photography. I've seen a few people saying, "Oh, we we really should do a podcast about bags." No. No, we shouldn't. We should, can you imagine uh, uh, what that would be like? Well, what do you think's the right number of pockets for a bags? Wide handle or that? I mean, oh my god, no! Oh my good god! If somebody can come up with a good reason or a good guest to come on and talk about bags, maybe, but that'll never happen. So, no bags. Okay. This next one is from Jonas Bergmeier, who writes in, "Dear Sunniest, first of all, I would like to thank you for the book you sent me a few months ago." I obviously spent too much time listening to camera shutters <laughs> alone at home. 
creepy. Um, by the way, it's the first time I felt the urge to take part in the quiz game. Well done. So this was <laughs> referring back to this is quite some time ago. I think this was this is like a year ago, right? Yeah, it's a while ago when we did the um, shutter sound quiz. Yeah. Uh, so that was great. I think it was uh, Matthew Joseph who put that put together those shutters, which completely foxed all of us, but not Jonas. Um, anyway, continuing in the last episode, you talked about Lycas. I can't share your opinion about their affordability. A working M body is currently available for the price of a well-preserved Nikon F3 HP or F2 with a DE1 prism and standard lens. So for about 450 euros, uh, that's for an M2. Uh, For an even better experience, at least in my opinion, I would recommend a Barnack Leica. It's available CLA'd from 300 to 350 euros and, well, it's the origin of most cameras we shoot with, the original 35mm camera. An uncoated Elmar should be available for 150 euros. I'm sure that the total value of your camera equipment reaches this financial niveau, doesn't it? Keep on talking, debating and ranting. (laughs) Kind regards from Berlin, Jonas. Um... So, okay, Rachel, I know you've been looking in the past into mm. Leicas. Um, yeah. Uh, 450 pounds for an M2, that, uh, sorry, 450 euros for an M2. That sounds pretty low end. <laughs> I think maybe things mm. in Berlin are perhaps a little more reasonable than they are here. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's not some um, thing is, having never bought anything like that before, I wouldn't feel comfortable buying it online I don't think I just I think I would want to go into a shop or to physic in some way physically hold the camera that I'm about to spend that much money on Mm. um so I don't know that um cam those particular kind of cameras sell for those kinds of prices at a place where I'd be able to hold them (laughs) to use them to work out if they work for me before spending that sort of money um so yeah maybe I just need to like buy a ticket and pop back over to Berlin again it it sounds pretty good you know (laughs) you know for the the extra what you know 100 euros or whatever to to do that maybe it's worth it (laughs) yeah maybe um and regarding Jonas's comment about um Mm. getting a a Barnack which is obviously the earlier Mm. um like this um uh, it's a lovely idea but especially for somebody like yourself uh, mm. it kind of it, it's um a bit the opposite to what barnaby was saying in the previous email not that they would necessarily be unreliable mm-hmm. uh, but they are the early 35 millimeter cameras so they are not as intuitive to use they're not that easy to load um, and you know, get an uncoated lens. It's not going to work as well in all light conditions. And so for somebody like yourself who wants to be able to use it for work and things like yeah. that, um, it's, it's probably not. Uh, I mean, it's a camera I would, you know, I'd love to own. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, it would be it would be a lovely one to have as a. Um, oh, I've got one of these in my arsenal kind of thing as a, you know, to go out and use and, and have fun with and, you know, what have you. Um, but like you say, I think there are potentially some limitations there if it's one that you need to work reliably every time for work. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And as I was saying last week, um, Jeremy very kindly gave me um a fed two which oh, is beautiful that is wasn't it lovely, i mean it? i only saw it in the dark in the back of the camera uh, back of the car so i didn't actually really get a chance to like properly look at it but it looked beautiful <laughs> yeah it's lovely and i'm really looking forward to using it but again 
like the old Barnack like because it's one of those things that um I don't if I had to go and shoot in a way where results would depended on from me um I'm not sure I'd, that would be the camera I'd go to as opposed to the more modern Leicas which obviously had um but anyway great but thoughts on that good point yes good point yeah thanks Jay. Uh, do you want to take this next one titled Bionic <laughs> Appendage from Ed Worthington? Uh, question mark. <laughs> Hi, some beams. Um, just finished listening to the latest backing paper <clears throat> and was shocked to hear you reveal my secret when reading out the uh, coffee contributors. How on earth did you find that out? <laughs> uh, poor Rachel, I could literally hear your embarrassment at having Graham go rogue yet again. <laughs> I don't know was, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my, oh my God, I'm having serious regrets about letting you do this. Uh, um, I'm sure you'll be pleased to hear, Ed, that there may be more of that happening. Um, so he goes on to say, anyway, I hope you all have a great um, meetup at the photography show. Unfortunately, I have to work that weekend in order to make sure I can bugger off around Italy for the following two weeks. Just me and my Yashika and OM1. Yay. Um, in fact, by the time this is read out, I may already be there. Oh, keep on doing the great stuff you do. Cheers, guys, from Ed. Thanks, Ed. I hope you're having a wonderful time with your two weeks in Italy. Um, and uh, I think I'm pretty sure Ed's done a few trips to Italy before. I know that he's done obviously quite a lot of bit traveling with his with his um, analog cameras and things. So, uh, yeah, uh, I hope you're having a wonderful time. Yes, very jealous. Sounds like a nice yep. place to be. <laughs> um, yeah, we're very sad that we didn't get to see you and the bionic appendage. Oh, no, that was AIDS, wasn't it? And, uh, sorry, AIDS got a bionic appendage. I don't know. Yeah. I can't no, no, you're, yeah, no, no. We, I, I'm not sorry we didn't get to see your bionic. But we would love to have seen you. We're not sorry we didn't get to see your bionic appendage. You know, keep, keep that. No, tucked away. Um, we've got a few emails now. Following on from. Uh, <coughs> sorry quietly die in the corner um from when we had uh bellamy hunt on a couple of weeks ago so the first one is from ian fleming uh ian writes in dear sunbeams enjoyed the podcast with bellamy for your information the kodak fun saver disposable camera is dead easy to reload it's only three catches and no exposed electronics You'll have to wind your film out of the can onto its feed spool and load the camera in the dark bag as ever, though. Um, but thanks, folks. Uh, that's from uh, Ian. So great little uh, tip there, because we did talk to Bellamy on the show about um, reloading his... Um, reloadable, disposable camera that he's, exactly. yeah, he's brought to market. Mm -hmm. And his concern was, and the reason he doesn't recommend it, is because it's got a flash in there. Uh, mm. The capacitors can carry charge. And if you touch one of those, you, you can get a bit of a belt from them. Um, Especially so if you've got a, a little um, screwdriver and stuff, you know, when you're taking it apart and things too. Yeah. Um, but no, the, the uh, Kodak Fun Savers sounds like it's definitely worth a go with those. Um, and I think it was... Oh, maybe maybe it was Mike Gutterman I heard talking about this many, many moons ago about the fact that, you know, back in the day, he'd get loads of these and um, he'd just mess with the lenses. You know, he'd scratch mm. them up. He'd try because why not? I mean, you know, yes, that's right. I remember, Got... actually. Yeah. So um, do you want to take this next one from your friend from down under, Alistair Duggle, Rach? <laughs> Hello, Alistair Duggle. Um, hi, Graham Aid and the super fabulous Rachel. No. Thanks. Um, it was a great show. Bellamy Hunt was a very interesting guest indeed. And there was the voice of reason about the state of play in the film camera world. If anyone will know about supply and demand, it will be him. Firstly, did I hear Anil being referred to as Anil the Hoarder? To me, it may become the way I shall refer to him from now on. 
to all those who work for or with animal or support his high board social media status this is tongue-in-cheek i certainly don't need a creative media storm over this <laughs> um an interesting point made by bellamy was the cost of film going up he had to admit that he will have to eventually raise his prices. While there is underlying cost increases in the raw products, the main reason is clearly the hoarder and his hoarding mates <laughs> are stopping the greater public from having access to cheap cameras and buying film to use in them. Well done them for it is restricting JCH and other smaller filmmakers from selling more film and reaching the volumes needed to reduce costs. The smaller producers come into the market with some very cool products, some some using unusual film, some adding light flares onto the film. These different types of film excite photographers to try and experiment. This in turn gets them talking about it and encouraging others to try different films, which leads to a community that supports the efforts of those who give it a go. Somehow, I don't think Anil the Hoarder, in capitals by the way, will have me on his Christmas card list, but how wonderful uh, would it be if he was my secret Santa this year or I was his? Be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, to change subjects, another area that I actively encourage is the darkroom printing of the film negatives. While I do get my negatives scanned so they can be easily shared, I also proof all my negatives and print images in my own darkroom. The process is not hard and anyone who shoots film should give it a go. AD listening, yes. Um, I have only had... That was me, sorry, uh, not Alistair adding that. Um, he goes on to say... I have only had my darkroom up and running for the last few months, which was partly encouraged by the adventures of Martin Scarland that you guys brought to the world via your podcast. Because Martin did those um, excellent little snippets, didn't he? Audio snippets that we added in at the end of the show. Um, while uh, Whilst it's nice to have my own darkroom or, uh, or a bit of the garage in my case, I also use public darkrooms. Generally, they're not that expensive and you can always share the time with a film shooting mate to split the costs. So, which of you guys print your work in the darkroom? Do you have your own, or is it confession time to when you were last seen in one? Ooh, Alistair, from where the middle of winter can be a sunny 16 day. <laughs> Jealous. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Graham, okay. Thoughts? Okay, so, I mean, first of all, it's good to see that uh, Alistair is still very much sticking to the hoarders are responsible for everything. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that there's not some small amount of truth in that, but uh, probably not quite as much. Because the thing you have to remember is that a hoarding tendency is a hoarding tendency. And if you have a tendency to hoard cameras, you probably have a real tendency to hoard film as well. So people are probably buying quite a lot of film uh, as well, you know. And also the people who are super engaged and who tend to want to have quite a lot of cameras are also the kind of people who are likely to want to try out lots of different kinds of films and especially the smaller boutique films so uh, they're probably helping as well that said um i have been having some thoughts about ways we can perhaps try and encourage people to part with some of their um camera hoard especially the camera hoard that's sitting in boxes and stuff like that mm -hmm. um they're not fully fleshed out thoughts yet but there are thoughts so watch this space for that listeners um oh um is this a good point to perhaps just flag up the um, hip shoot film film swap as well? Because there's always that option too. If you do have film sitting there that isn't being used, um, there is the excellent hip shoot film who decided to create a way of perhaps swapping some of that film so that you get more use out of it. Exactly. Definitely worth checking out. And you'll find him on Twitter. Um, so yeah, go there. Check that. If you've got film you're not using and you want, some that you will the, um, yeah exactly um regarding um darkroom stuff so mm. when did you last get a chance because 
I've been mm-hmm. to your place, and yeah. I know that you have a little room. Uh, when did you last mm-hmm. get a chance to get in there, Rachel, and do any dark roomy stuff? I was actually in there uh, on, hang on, what are we on today? What day is it? Sunday, isn't it? Um, Friday. Yeah, what were you doing? I was uh, processing my, I was doing some trade developing of uh, paper eggs, actually. Awesome. From um, from pinhole cameras that I have been shooting, which um, I'd done some workshops showing people how to make their own and what have you as part of this uh, project for the Museum of Liverpool that I've been working on, which ties in with their Double Fantasy exhibition. Um, that is John Lennon and Yoko Ono's exhibition that's currently on at the Museum of Liverpool. Um, on until November, I think. And um, as part of the workshops that I was doing, uh, like I say, I was showing people how to create cyanotype thumbprints, use alternative processes and make their own pinhole cameras so that they could go and shoot them. Some of the groups I work with were children who um, are in the local hospital who aren't able to actually physically leave the hospital uh, due to like dialysis and uh, various other things. Um, so I helped them make their own and then took it for them with their names on so we'd know whose they were um to go and set them up and shoot those so i was actually processing those that's awesome um as far as i'm concerned my uh dark room so i'm currently recording the podcast in what once was my dark <laughs> that's room. true yeah <laughs> um, and, and it's now more of a kind of multi-purpose lounge space i don't know quite what you call it it's a it's a it's not a man cave because i hate that phrase but it, it is a place stuff full of my things um and the dark room as it's going to be it's still not ready yet but hopefully uh, i've got an electrician coming this week um because that's the big thing so once the electrics are done then i can get everything else done and sorted because i'm really desperate to get back in and get doing stuff um because i know i've got to develop some film in the next week i'm gonna have to use a blooming dark bag it's like what is this the middle ages um <laughs> and uh and i really want to get up and running I, especially um if and when i ever get <laughs> shooting some four by five or five by four um when my uh, intrepid camera turns up which i'm sure will be any day now <laughs> he says optimistically um uh i really want to do some um contact prints i've not yes. really mucked around with that it's a lot and, of fun. Mm-hmm. yeah and it seems like a good way of kind of quite quickly trying to do some prints that way and also it might because mm. i hate scanning five by four <laughs> negatives yep <laughs> so uh that that might be a thing so yeah i'm i'm really hoping if i can get the electric sorted this week and it's a big if because the electrician is unreliable uh and then get it all lined out and ready to go i'm i'm very hopeful that by before the end of april it'll be a fully functional dark room fantastic uh, that's great yeah. news yeah um i think we can answer for aid as well can't we yeah uh no <laughs> that's <hard laughs> thank you very much <laughs> he does not he does not. Okay, next email is another quick one from Ed Worthington. Uh, hey, Sunbeams, this is odd. I haven't emailed you for quite some time, and now I'm sending two in a single week. First off, I hope you're having a good time today in the super hyper mega global Uber meetup of power, which I think <laughs> it's cool. Uh, oh, God. I mean, that's what it'll be called next year. Yep. Uh, secondly, well done on getting Bellamy back on the show. I can only assume my coffee contribution went some way to paying his hefty appearance fee. In all seriousness, I really enjoyed this episode. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Ed. Yeah, it was lovely getting Bellamy on. And um, whilst we could clearly never disclose disclose uh, how much we have to pay for the delight of having Bellamy on the show, it's always money well spent. I can assure you. No, Bellamy's fantastic. And, um, 
<laughs> yeah, lots of cups of tea. Exactly, exactly. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now we are on to uh, oh, an email here, post-photography show. We're running a week behind now, right? Do you want to take this one for me, Ian? So this is Ian Fleming as well. Um, says, Dear Sunbeams, wow, what a lovely day. So nice to meet so many film shooters and podcast listeners. A lovely film community. Plus Rachel did her cyanotypes on the anniversary day, I reckon, and sold all her stock, I was told. This is true. I was I was a little bit panicked. He <laughs> um, says, I really appreciate all the effort you put into organising things with Simon Forster as well. Uh, another great podcast in my opinion uh keep up the good work it was worth a long day regards from ian fleming yeah that's true i um i did i i was not sure what, like you know what response was going to be like on the saturday i had no idea really what what it was going to be uh what was going to be there so obviously i took along uh some of my kits but yeah um quite a few listeners had already put dibs on <laughs> on kits and said can you please hold them for me which meant that uh, like I say um, half of them had already gone uh, and then the rest got sold so I have since made up um, some more so that's really really good to know thanks ever so much Ian for the email glad yeah. you had fun and coincidentally I I, met, I bumped into Ian when we were at your stand um, he came around did you there. really yeah, I did. Uh, and it was very nice to meet him. And he had, as I think I mentioned on the show last week, he had with him um, an Instamatic camera with a little cube flash in it, which was very cool. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, but it was one of those cases where I sort of saw him briefly there. And I think he was heading off fairly soon after that. So we barely got time oh. to touch base. But it was really nice to meet you, Ian. And uh, we hope we will do it again soon. Mm -hmm. OK, this next one is from Jayabat. And is further proof that my facts that I trotted out at the end of last week's back paper are just on the nail. Okay, dear Sunnies, regarding Graham's comment on the latest backing paper about me hating cats as the reason for my photography, I have to say he's partly right. <laughs> sort of. Oh, God. While my house is not full of them, I am very allergic to cats. So if my house was ever actually full of cats, I would not be going home <laughs> and I would be out taking photographs. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Jaya. P.S. When you make that trip to Hawaii, yes. make sure you stop over in San Francisco so I can show you around. Oh, this, God. This is great. The itinerary is filling out, right? This is going to be fantastic. What a, what a world trip we've got coming up. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> amazing. Okay. Thank you very much for the offer. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, do you want to take this next one from Andrew Wormsley, who we also met at the photography show last week? We sure did. Um, so Andrew says, I thought I would put digital pen to digital paper whilst I remembered. Thank you so much for organising the analogue meetup. It was really nice to meet new people and see some of the people we have interviewed or talked with, because obviously Andrew also um, has his podcast too. Um, he says, the analogue community is rich and rewarding place, so I'm grateful for every person who helps. It's all about people buying film, papers, cameras and such like. Supporting this new model of retail in a declined environment must be hard on these companies, so we have to help and promote where we can. The future is no longer controlled by large corporations, but the likes of Analog Wonderland, Steve from Chroma, Intrepid, and many others. Of course, we still need Kodak and Ilford. Uh, we need the Kodak and Ilford of this world, but we still need the variety of Washi, Lomography, and Revlog too. Right, I best stop there before this becomes another blog article. I hope Hamish manages to sort out an analog presence next year for the show. I know we will all do our bit to help and promote. I'm now wondering if this email will be read out as I had an idea to mention my podcast. Every sentence just to annoy Graham. <laughs> um, no, seriously, we all know who has the best podcast. Um, 
I promise this is what Andrew wrote. I, unless, Graham, have you doctored this email? No, no, I assume he's not referring okay. to us anyway. We, just, right. we, we know, all know who has the best podcast. <laughs> Definitely not us. <laughs> Thanks again for having me a few minutes, uh, for giving me a few minutes of your time and keep up the hard work. Hopefully, Aid will try some developing and teach it at next year's show. Ha! Oh, yeah. Um, your eternal friend, the flogger. So, Andy does, obviously does the uh, podcast, the flogger, which is brilliant. So, thank you very much, Andy for uh, getting in touch and again although i um i did get a chance to say hi and bye i think uh, obviously i did see you we didn't really get a chance to catch up unfortunately very much so um i saw graham that you'd posted a few photos uh with andy you'd actually had a chance to um to see him and get get a few of those photos up which was really nice on um instagram i think yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's on Instagram, then that'll be uh, Eric. Remember? He's oh, of on course, <laughs> of course. Sorry, we sent them over. Yeah, I've just realised that y- you actually wouldn't have posted that. You'd have sent them over and gone, "Here we go. Here's some photos from the show." <laughs> so yeah, awesome. Uh, no, it's really nice to meet Andy. And as you're saying, um, he does have his own podcast. Podcast. It's a hard word to say. Not <laughs> as hard as photography. As I was listening back to last week, like. I really struggle to say the word photography unless I'm going slowly, (laughs) which was awkward at the photography show. Um, But yes, uh, his podcast is called uh, Flogger, which is P-H-L-O-G-G-E-R. And he has a a range of guests on there because it's not just analog photography, is it, Rachel, on the flog? I think he does have some people who are um, from all sorts of different aspects of the photography world. But you were on it last year, weren't you? I was, yes. Hmm, I'm just trying to think. It might have been episode 15. I could. I'm probably wrong with that, but anyway, I am on there. Um, and we did do we did do an episode. It was lovely to chat to to Andrew. And um, yes, uh, I I think maybe two weeks later had a, a message from him saying, I, I think he just said all your fault and literally just a photo of large format camera. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we so, want to hear. Because I've been obviously um, extolling the virtues of uh, of analog photography specifically and large format as well. So, um, yeah. And he was like, help, how do I use it? I was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it was a it was a good start and i'm hoping that he's he's managed to uh to have a good go with it now i'm sure i'm sure he has is yeah so um yeah i don't mind I, i'll take credit for it all being my fault to that i'm getting more people into analog that's great <laughs> absolutely so yeah check out andrew's stuff um go to flogger.co.uk and you'll find all his stuff there and links from there okay uh this next one is from kieran um Kieran writes in high sunbeams just wanted to drop you a line to say thank you on two counts I have been listening to the podcast for about a year now and it's like having a club to share my hobby with mm-hmm. which does away with the inconvenience of actually having to go to meetings <laughs> or talk to people the three of you are always fun and interesting to listen to and you keep coming up with surprises we're always surprised that we show up <laughs> <laughs> to be honest yep yeah. uh, it's, it's always surprising to go look we have somebody who's organized for this week uh, especially this week um the second thing i wanted to thank you for was organizing the meetup at the photography show on saturday i couldn't actually find you in oh, here no. i know this Karen. is a bit of break my heart though i think i may have caught sight of you at the patterson stand with somebody i can only assume to be hamish Nevertheless, I would never have gone without your organising the meetup in the first place. And I had a really brilliant time, possibly even better than I would have had at the anti-racist demonstration in London I would normally have been on at this time of the year. The photography show usually clashes with the UN Anti-Racism Day and National Stand-Up to Racism Demo. That's Mm -hmm. bad planning on the photography show's part. Yeah. 
The show was only a few days after my birthday, so my present to myself was the chance to get loads of film and darkroom kit from actual people instead of over the internet. Yay! And get a free caramel egg from the <laughs> camp peeps. Uh, I think the two caramel eggs I stole from Solar I stole two too! I stole the two only thing, <laughs> The only thing I ate on Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, until about 11 o'clock at night. That's so funny. Same here. And Sam said it was all our fault as well, actually. Um, did he tell you that? No. Okay. When I was like, oh, my God, you actually have, like, caramel eggs as well. I've not eaten. Can I have one, please? I'm seeing stars. And he was like, yeah, of course. These, It's your fault that we have them. Because apparently, I don't know if you remember this, but apparently we said that he had to up his game this year. Um, so, yeah. But there we go. It was our fault. There we go. Demanding chocolate does sound like the kind of thing we would say. Um, anyway, I may not have been able to say hello in person, but thanks for the good times. All the best from Kieran Picken. Well, thank you so much, Kieran. I am really bummed that you weren't able to find yeah. us. Uh, you know what this, right, Rach, next year. We, and yeah. we talked about this this year, but we Name were badges? not. No, T-shirts, Rach. T- right. Well, is also good. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I mean, we've been going for, well, we're heading towards three years now. Uh, I haven't seen a Sunny 16 podcast with a tattoo yet. <laughs> I mean, you know. Mm, I wonder why. <laughs> Come on, this has got to happen. No, 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 no. no. Okay, uh, I'll put you off. I think A should get one. Um, if if anybody, if any listener out there gets a Sunny 16 no. tattoo, we'll send Stop you a caramel right egg. <laughs> oh, uh, um, but yeah, well, hopefully, Kieran, next year... Um, uh, and and if if it doesn't clash with the UN anti-racism day, because that's a pretty important thing to go and support, yeah, I think we exactly. can all very much agree with that. We'll just have to have our own demo in the photography show if it cl- um, clashes next year. Yeah. Um, speaking of people at the photography show, this next one is from Nigel Cliffrage. Do you want to take this? Yes. Um, Nigel says, listening to the photography show podcast, I went on a street photography walk with um, Damien DeMolder a couple of years ago, and he was brilliant. If anyone gets the chance to go, grab it with both hands. It was a digital walk in combination with Panasonic, but everything he told us was perfectly transferable to film as well. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Nigel. Great tips. Yes. Uh, and, I, you know, following this email, I thought, I really need to actually at least look up <laughs> what Damien DeMolder is slash does. Because um, Jeremy obviously mentioned him a couple of times with regards to going to see the Martin Parr. And yeah, he's got some lovely work on his website. If you just Google Damien DeMolder, you'll find him very easily. And he's got some really beautiful photographs, some really lovely street photography. Um, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's all shot on digital these days, but still it's beautiful work. He's clearly a very talented photographer. And uh, as Nigel quite rightly says, a good photography is good photography. And mm-hmm. um, if you've got a photo for somebody shooting on digital, it's going to be just as valuable as somebody shooting on film because you can still learn just as much. Absolutely. Um, I uh, I met a lady at the photography show. I met several ladies at the photography show, actually. But um, this one particular person, she told me that she runs something called She Clicks, um, which is encouraging female photographers um, to, you know, uh, go on photo walks together and um, and basically organises uh, those kinds of events. And I just thought, well, that's fantastic. It's obviously, although a lot of them, probably the majority, will be shooting digitally, it doesn't stop me going along and being part of that. So um, it, as with this being a digital photo walk, um, it's transferable, of course, to film in terms of principles. Same same with something like She Clicks. It gives you a chance to meet up with, you know, other other photographers and hopefully we can learn from each other, you know? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And it's just... 
they're they're always such good sources of inspiration, mm -hmm. uh, and that's I mean that's the message we're getting from Jeremy repeatedly lately. Yeah. Just going out and being inspired by others is fantastic. and helping inspire other people as well. I think it, because if if uh, a group of digital photographers see uh, you know uh, see a, a film camera and maybe it's been a long time since they've actually used one or maybe they've never even shot with one before it's a, again another sort of like starting point it's a chance um to encourage other people to at least investigate this industry that we love yeah absolutely absolutely um also i have to say um uh Nigel's uh, moustache, uh, moustache of the show. I don't know whether you remember, <laughs> but he has got. Uh, he was. I mean, he was absolutely there at the science stand. He came to yeah, see yeah, your yeah. talk, Rach, and um, he had that great curly moustache. If you think oh, of that, it, 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 it was uh, uh, yeah spectacular. So, um, a good show, good show. Um, uh, this next email is from Ted Smith. <clears throat> Excuse me. Who writes in, hi, Graham, I just wanted to quickly thank you for being part of the team who awarded me as one of the grand prize winners in the Analog Wonderland Low Light Contest. Yay. It really made my day yesterday to read the article and watch the YouTube video. I've never really taken part in competitions, so it was really humbling to hear my name pop up in the grand prize winners part. Thank you so much. Love the podcast. You guys do great work. I listen to you on my way to and from work. Great podcast. Thanks again, Ted. Oh. Uh, thank you very much, Ted. So, um, Rach, uh, yes. have you seen, uh, had a chance to see the <laughs> I saw, I read the article, actually. I saw that um, Paul um, slash Analog Windland had um, released the, we've got the prize winners, and I had a very brief look through the article, but I hadn't looked at the video. Um, so I haven't actually seen that. But well done to Ted Smith. That's awesome. Because, uh, yeah, Ted, actually, Tell me a little bit about, because these are the other sorts of things I missed. Um, I know that you sat down with Paul there, right? Is that right? At the photography <laughs> show and, yeah. and went through these. Yeah. So tell us about that. No, it was it was great. It was in the middle of the day um, when I was arguably at my most harried, and um, uh, I sat down with Paul Mackay and Andy Church to record a short video, um, just kind of going over. So Andy had been through and and picked out his uh, selections for this, and we sort of looked through and and uh, talked about them all. Um, there, you know, ten pictures altogether, and I have to say, ten really stunning and diverse mm. pictures. Um, they were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Really awesome. lovely shots. Uh, I so there is a video. We'll put a link into it. Um, no, Are you in this video? I am in this video. <gasps> oh my god! I haven't seen uh, this. I hate it because I hate being on video at the at, at all times, uh, especially when I'm in my most harried <laughs> in the middle of the day, looking like a garbage man. Was this um, before your caramel egg? Uh, it was yes. It was before caramel egg, pre caramel egg. So just bear that in mind when you see it. Um, but no, it was fantastic. Uh, and Ted's image. Um, it was a lovely cityscape um, looking out across London that lit up at night. Oh, uh, yes, I do know which one it was. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. That. Black and white, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, all of the shots really were spectacular. Some amazing portraits in there, some fantastic landscapes, just a really incredible selection of shots. Um, so it's a real treat to be part of that, oh, even though I really hated the video. Hated what? Being on video, oh, um, but you know, I feel that Paul clearly felt like this was him getting revenge for some imagined past <laughs> slight. Um, but no, congratulations to everybody yes. who took part in this. And as you said before, Rach, just submit to these things. You know, Ted yeah. was saying he'd never taken part before, and he did. And you know, he, he was in the, the the grand prize winners part. So just don't yeah. 
psych yourselves out of trying these things because mm -hmm. you're certainly better than you think you are yeah. uh, and you never know how far it can go um, so yeah it was great and I look for I'm sure this will not be the last time we have competitions like this coming from Analog Wonderland it's great that this is part of thing I think they had oh, I have finished about 500 um, submissions I think yes there were a lot weren't there yeah, yeah which is fantastic absolutely fantastic so to everybody regardless of whether or not your submission was selected for the um, top 10 congratulations to everybody who submitted just for being brilliant and doing that thing that's and being brave and going for it I think yeah. that's really important yeah absolutely absolutely uh, I think that is it for oh the emails right I know I know um, back we to have... swigging the medicine then yeah exactly both of us <laughs> we have got some coffee thanks of course I, again i know we mentioned i mentioned this last week on the show um, and we're on, on the uh i can't remember last week is such a blur of mess but mm -hmm. um thank you so much to everybody who has contributed because without you guys we would not have been able to record diddly squat at the photography show <laughs> last week um it was, you know, we had that recorder because you gave us the money to buy a recorder. It's as simple as that. Um, and and the the stickers as well, which was wonderful. Which it was a real, it was a real treat actually to be able to go. Ah, guys, um, whilst you're here at the stand and we're chatting about this and 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 you're looking at the demos and things, actually. There's also this thing called Sony 16 Podcast, and and people are just delighted to to get like a little sticker. And I'm pretty sure that there's a few more people who've who've actually gone and and uh, searched for it. So it means that it's all bringing more people into into that industry and into uh, those conversations, which is can only be a good thing, I think. Exactly, exactly. And the recorder performed fantastically. Mm -hmm. um, as I said again last just week, just us really that were a problem. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's mostly me. I mean, and unfortunately, there are there's plenty of photographic evidence of you know you, that you and um, Alex in particular took whilst I was chatting to people of the very sort of laissez-faire attitude of me kind of waving the recorder in their general direction, which is not ideal in the noisy environment. I really need to get better at shoving it right in people's faces. But you know, I, I'll I will work on this for next time. Too. You know, it is one of those things though that like noise at the photography show, you you kind of go. Yeah, it's it's kind of noisy, but it's sort of white noise, you know, just going on in the background. And in terms of like trying to talk over that or project your voice over that, you just don't. I don't know. It it hadn't even really occurred to me that um, that would be actually very difficult. I knew that recording directly within the show itself was very was was always very difficult because we had this this problem as well previously, but. Yeah, you just don't really notice it at the time. So it's all about learning. And hopefully um, we'll be looking at getting an external microphone next. That will probably be another thing that we will be able to save up for. And that will help um, improve the future recordings. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because so far, thanks to the coffee donations, mm -hmm. we've been able to pay for our Podbean subscription, be able to pay for our website subscription uh, and the recorder and stickers, um, all of which is absolutely stunning Uh and has just taken such a burden or taken a burden off us for the things that we had to pay for and given us the opportunity to do stuff that we <laughs> just wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, moving on from that, let's say thanks to some people. Um, the first person is a, a previous email from today uh, from <laughs> Kieran uh Oh, good grief. Now, see, I Pickers, thanks, because <laughs> I wrote, for some reason, I wrote Pickering down after because I am an idiot. Um, 
and I don't normally um, sort of put in the, the comments that uh, people put on there because people can and frequently do leave comments. But do you want to read out what Kieran put in, right? Yeah, so Kieran Pickin said, thanks for being such great people to spend time with every week and for finding so many great people to chat with about our hobby stroke art. Even you, Aid. Kiss. <laughs> you can see why I wanted to include that one. The reason we don't normally read them out is because they're far too nice and complimentary and um, <laughs> I can't bring myself to read those things out. You'll have to send them to me because I actually haven't noticed, I haven't seen them. There's a whole website of them, right? It's, it's brilliant. Yay! Coffee.com forward slash. I don't know. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah, we're it's... really bad. We should probably mention that. Yeah. Um, the next person I want to say thank you to is David Walker, uh, who is at Dave the Walker 80 on Instagram. And I think Dave uh, has only recently joined Instagram or certainly only recently started posting. Um, and he's got some great pictures he's been sharing lately of um, vintage postcards, uh, which I really like. Really cool yeah. old pictures of vintage postcards. Um, so go and follow Dave. I think he's fairly local to me as well. So we need to kind of catch up at some point because I don't think he's far away. Um, and do you take this next one, Rach? Because you managed to find out more about this person than I did. Yes. So you had a little look on Instagram and Twitter, didn't you? But couldn't find um, uh, this do donor. Um, so this is Shane Booth. I managed to track him down. I think it's the same Shane Booth on um, Facebook. So you can find, I think, his personal account, which is Shane.Booth.35. Uh, on Facebook so you could uh, pop on there and uh, and have a little look at his work and if you give me just a second I I did actually have the page up before and now it, I don't know what I've done with it sorry hold on one second here we go um oh gosh where's it gone Graham where's it gone I can't find it I'm so know. sorry hold on hold on let me find it so sorry Shane I I did find you and I, I thought maybe you might be in one of the um sort of like Facebook groups um but I saw that you had three mutual friends who were Toby <laughs> uh, Vanderveld, Andrew Bartram and James Gurin. So I thought it's a pretty safe bet that this is the Shane Booth we're talking about. And I really loved, here we go, I found it, um, one that he posted on the 18th of March, which is a contact print from a negative made on an old mouldy Kodak 5x4 glass plate, uh, lith developed, um, some old Kentmere single weight bromide paper. I was like, blimey um but yeah looks really cool it's um and somebody's written as a comment i've used jacks like this so i'm assuming that the tool that we can actually see here is a jack <laughs> there we go it looks very interesting and cool and then uh, below that i saw that he's been doing some reverse processing dry plate negatives first try not too bad so i enjoyed looking through those and seeing all this cool like work that he's been he's been doing so that's ace that's awesome. Uh, in addition to these new donors, for which we're incredibly thankful, we've also got some repeat donors. Oh. Buckle up, everybody. <laughs> oh, no, this means it's <laughs> random facts again, made-up facts. Listen, I think it's already been proven by the emails we've had in this show that my facts are incredibly accurate, mm -hmm. uh, uh, prophetic in many ways. Oh um, so, uh, okay. so I'm libelous in others. Oh, well, you know, you're potato, <laughs> potato. Uh, the first... Please don't sue us. Coffee's not... We haven't got enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first we want to say thank you to is Jeremy North, a name who will be familiar to all. And many people will now have met Jeremy at the, the Photography flesh. Show. In the flesh, yeah. In the flesh. Interesting fact about Jeremy. When we met him last year, he had long, flowing blonde hair. It was like right down his back. This year, bald as a coot. Uh, and it turns out the reason he lost his hair, he was so shocked 
by the terrible language of Andre on the negative positives podcast, his hair literally fell out. Uh, so that's a fact that if anybody was wondering what happened to Jeremy's hair, that's what happened to that. Malcolm Myers. Now, Malcolm Myers has a great photographic eye. What's not known about Malcolm Myers, I have time to write these down, you can tell, can't you? Is that Malcolm's eyes can actually see further than normal human beings. He can see the colour nobody else can see, which is ultra puce. Sadly, ultra puce is not a colour that occurs on this uh, planet. It's only visible in other faraway places in space. It's not terribly <laughs> useful, uh, but it is a thing that only, only Malcolm can see. Krista Brandt, here's a fact that Krista doesn't know about himself. Krista can remember both the number of pi to 30 decimal places. <laughs> but also, I love this. He's actually a math, like a math genius. That's amazing. That'd be so good. But also, he knows 30 recipes for pies. Oh, yeah. That sounds it's like my kind of language. Even more useful, isn't it? it is. Okay. Andrew Bartram, uh, who we all know, Andrew, he's on the Lensless podcast and uh, has just started the large format photography podcast mm -hmm. with um, Simon Forster. Uh, and the reason that Andrew is so drawn to these slower photography processes, you know, pinholes, a very slow process, large format photography, is that his great grandfather was actually an Ent. Uh, a tree person like what you see in Lord of the Rings. And if you've met Andrew, this will come as really no surprise at all. Um, and finally, uh, David Allen at D Bloomsday, one of the danger boys, one of the good people out there. Uh, as we all know, he's living in France. And he's moved to France um, uh, because he says he's moved there because, you know, obviously his, his wife and child. But uh, actually, it's because he has a uh, crushing addiction to, uh, it says here, and I'm, I'm, I got these facts from the internet, so this must be true, crushing addiction to croissants and berets. So... Um, he had to go there because you know these are just not things that you get in the states. Uh, so there you go, listeners. The more you know, eh? mm. <laughs> see nothing libelous there, Rachel. Enlightening, I think <laughs> that's all I can say about that. <laughs> uh, well, listeners, you'll be thrilled to hear that that will do us for this week. Rach and I have made it through in mostly one piece, <laughs> one sickly, snotty piece. Um, bound to Actually, before, before we do go, can I ask very quickly, how was your photography talk? It went well, thanks, Rach. Yeah, Good. it went well. It was not massively attended. Um, in fact, you I think... Used, you used the uh, advice from our li dear listeners? I absolutely did. Yes, I absolutely did. Uh, uh, no, it's great. And I said, although um, I think a tiny fraction of the group turned up to hear it, I still, you know, gave it everything I've got. Excellent. And um, and you know, and it was really nice because everybody who was there will have shot film in the past. You know, they're all of that age where they. Um, I took a load of cameras there and it was just people were picking things up and were interested in the cameras and you know whether it was ones that they just not had a chance to ever muck around with before you know mm -hmm. things like the TLRs and stuff like that or some mm -hmm. of the old rangefinders or just things like oh yeah I remember this I used to go and um and I think I made a compelling argument for uh why it's worth finding a space in there for it um I did record the talk I haven't actually listened back to ah. it I did the tour and I, I, cool. yeah so i'll have a listen to it see how bad it sounds um maybe i'll share it with you rach you can have oh, a please listen. i'd like that that'd be very nice and if yeah. it's not dreadful hot garbage what i might do 
is stick it on the coffee page. Find a way of sticking a link on the coffee page. So anybody who goes there, I can't find a way of sensibly just sharing it with people who contribute. So I'll stick it there. So if anybody wants to go there and listen, maybe watch this <laughs> space. Well, I'll let you know if we do it. Um, it's not fantastic. It's just me talking a load of nonsense um, as I'm making up as I go along with a slideshow, which is really of no help to anybody. But maybe we'll do that. So, but no, it, it went well. Thank you. <laughs> Considering I prepared it entirely the night before. Um, From our listeners' uh, thoughts. Yes. <laughs> well done, guys. <laughs> well, should we get out of here, Rach? I think we should. We need to go back on the medicine and uh, let our poor listeners um, go from uh, having to listen to our, our snotty selves. <laughs> exactly. Don't forget, listeners, after the music, we will include uh, Rose Team B's talk from um, the photography show last week on Anna Atkins, which was fantastic. And we will be back on Thursday. We have another wonderful guest lined up for this week. Um, I think we're both very excited, aren't we, Rach, about who we're going to get to talk to tomorrow? Yes, very excited about that. Yeah, uh, large format photographer. Should we, mm. we tell him who it is? Yes. No? No, <laughs> no I think keep them hanging. Keep okay. them wanting more. It's somebody super cool. Yes. It's somebody super cool um, who uh, I think everybody will enjoy listening to. It's somebody who we haven't had on the show before, mm-hmm. um, and uh, arguably we definitely should have done. Also, um, I've I've organised somebody who's going to do our judging for us, who is also awesome. So hopefully we'll get the judging for the cheap shots challenge done in the next two, maybe three weeks. It's soon, um, like as soon as I develop the role film. <laughs> Got my camera. Um, <laughs> imminently, listeners. Uh, but until Thursday when we are back again. Uh, thank you very much and uh, I guess bye goodbye because they want to see the very latest in everything, the new kit that's just out. What you're seeing here is from 1843, four years after the invention of photography itself. So this is, this is time travel. The reason we're here today is to celebrate the 220th birthday of Anna Atkins. She was the pioneer of this type of photography, which is called cyanotype. Rachel will demonstrate how to do your own cyanotype using modern technology. <laughs> my mini sun. Yes, my mini sun inside. We're in, this is analog in a digital world, but real hands-on stuff that everybody really loves. Anna was an amazing woman. This is what she looked like. And she was using what was, this was cutting edge technology in 1843. And she produced a book of illustrations of botanical specimens known as algae between 1843 and 1853. And these have become extremely famous, very, very valuable books. But she didn't set out to be famous. She didn't become a member of the Photographic Society, just a few stands up. She never had an exhibition of her work. All her work was done anonymously. And it was done for personal friends or for particular institutions that women weren't usually allowed into. <laughs> and she was born in 1799, today. 16th of March, right? Yeah, literally today. 
Her father was a, a very renowned scientist, John George Children. Her maiden name was Children. And he was a personal friend of William Henry Fox Talbot, who you may have heard of. So when Talbot announced his discovery, John George Children actually sat in as the Vice President of the Royal Society, where Talbot announced his invention. And John George Children then very probably went home and told his daughter all about it. He was also friends with Sir John Herschel. Um, I don't think I've got a picture of Herschel. Oh, there's Talbot. Can't really miss him. That um, hat. We didn't wear the hat there, Rose, did we? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Women didn't wear hats the bonnet. Like yeah, yeah. We need a bonnet. But he was also a friend with Sir John Herschel, who invented cyanotype in 1842. But in 1841, a very famous botanist, William Henry Harvey, published a book called The Manual of British Algae. I've got a reproduction of it here. And this describes basically seaweeds from around the world, from around Britain. And it's heavy, heavy going. There is not a single illustration in the entire book. So Anna decided to illustrate this book as a companion book. He, she had already illustrated her father's book, which was Lamarck's genera of shells. She did 256 illustrations of shells. This is her actually drawing them, uh, because obviously photography hadn't been invented in 1823. <laughs> but it shows her artistic eye for something that could be quite a mundane object. Uh, but she recognised the difficulty in doing this with marine algae. Things like this that were so delicate, almost, almost impossible to draw. But she didn't use a camera. Everything you see and what Rachel's demonstrating is how Anna did this. Literally by laying a sample or specimen on top of photosensitive paper and producing an image. Photography means drawing with light. It doesn't say you have to use a camera. <laughs> so the sample blocks the light and everywhere where the light is blocked produces a white negative image. Now, William Henry Harvey, who produced this book, recommended the use of a companion book that was already out there. And it was called Algae Danmoniensis. <laughs> and it was actual dried press specimens. Uh, but very expensive, very limited. But it was what they did in those days. And it only represented about half of Harvey's book. So, this is Mary Wyatt's book, Algae Danmoniensis. And this was Anna's, Photographs of British Algae. Started two years later. This is how Mary Wyatt represented Bryopsis plumosa. Absolutely the most uninspiring thing you've ever looked at. <laughs> but this is the real thing. This is a genuine article. And Harvey refers to it in his book. And he says, look at Mary Wyatt's wonderful illustration. Anna decided to illustrate it slightly differently. That's how she did it. <laughs> Looking like fireworks. Not just one sample, multiple samples. Multiple samples at different stages. And presented as 
an explosive image. Just no comparison. And this is how she intended the book to be used. This is actually done digitally. On the left is Harvey's book. On the right is Anna's illustration of the corresponding page. She did it chronologically. As many illustrations as possible. It was not possible to do the entire book, but she did about 400 illustrations. And each one was a separate photographic image. You can do this yourself. This is archive.org on the left, and New York Public Library have digitised Anna's entire book on the right. And you can literally, this is exactly how I've done this. This is the actual Alaria Esculenta by William Henry Harvey. This is in his own book of samples. This is Mary Wyatt's version, the most uh, not very aesthetic. This is Anna's version, almost like an x-ray. But the problem was that the scientific community didn't take Anna seriously. They didn't think that they were scientifically, well, good enough. They didn't, they didn't show the colour, they didn't show the texture, they didn't show all the things that you are actually meant to do when you present a scientific object. So they didn't take her seriously. William Henry Harvey didn't take her seriously, never mentioned her, never credited her, but she just carried on anyway. That is a pretty stark comparison. Which one would you rather look at? I'm going to go B. Yeah. Now, if you did what William Henry Harvey wanted you to do, you would read his book, Alaria Esculenta, Membranous, furnished with a percurrent cartilaginous migrib, the stem pinnated with distinct leaflets. And somehow you are meant to imagine that. Anna thought you might want to look at something quite beautiful instead. And that's why she did what she did. These are some other examples of... This is basically all seaweed. But she's made it like you're underwater the actual seaweed samples presented in their natural environment. Quite, quite stunning. And all of this is possible to be done here. This was the first official book of illustrations, William Henry Fox Talbot's Pencil of Nature in 1844, but Anna's book of cyanotype impressions preceded this by one year. These books were issued in parts. The first part of Anna's book was issued in October 1843. So she beat the inventor of <laughs> photography to it. And that's very, very rarely credited. <laughs> she then carried on to ferns. We've got ferns here today. This was a massive Victorian craze. And she just loved it. Creating more and more beautiful. There was no need for her to do this in cyanotype. But it's such a fantastic medium and very simple to use. It could be very, very complex, or very, very simple. Still beautiful, each one. And she even moved on to flowers. This is one held by the Victorian Albert Museum. A poppy that should be red, but somehow has been transplanted into a translucent blue. But what Anna did, 
was so remarkable. Four years after the invention of photography itself, she went from a monotone image, a monochrome image, creating the first steps in colour. So she was a pioneer on so many levels. It was restricted to blue, but she basically was the first to introduce colour photography. So, we are here to celebrate her, all her wonderful achievements, the fact that she has been anonymous for so long, but she is now getting a bit of, no, a bit of attention. Um, she's got a new biography, which is available from Orchid Bookshops, not written by me, but a bit of research that I did is in there. And it is covering a lot of her work, describing how it was done, when it was done, and a lot about her early life as well. And I hope that you will not join me in a singing happy birthday to her, but, <laughs> but just to soak up how amazing it was for her to do this. And what, I'll leave you with a thought that, that really is quite incredible. Because these books were, she had access to some quite influential people, her first part of her first book got into the Royal Society where women were banned. Women were banned for 285 years. Uh, but Anna's book was donated by herself and got into the Royal Society Library. Now because of that, anybody who was a Royal Society member could access these images. And the most prolific user of the library in the mid-1850s when this book was finished was someone called Charles Darwin. So Darwin may have looked at Anna's work when no woman was represented in the society at all. I think that's a very good point to leave the story. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.